Well, hello and welcome to this week's episode of Political State from The Oklahoman. I'm Ben Felder here in The Oklahoman's video studios and joining me is a team of four from the newsroom. I've got Meg Wingeter from the Dig Team and Health Reporter, uh, Dale Denwalt from the State Capitol and Justin Wingeter from the Federal Beat. And guys, before State Question 788, the medical marijuana question, uh, Governor Fallon and other opponents of this question promised that there would be confusion and chaos if it were to pass. It did pass. We have confusion and chaos, although it's partly to their creation. The State Board of Health, uh, largely with the help of organizations that opposed this question, created a, a, a draft of rules and regulations this week um, that received immediate backlash, specifically uh, banning the sale of smokable marijuana and requiring a pharmacist at every dispensary. And just a few days later, we are already seeing the lawsuits, plural, pile in. And Meg, it's Friday, and there's been two lawsuits filed today. We'll go back to the board vote, but what are we seeing today? What are these lawsuits? Well, one is based on an Open Meetings Act challenge. Basically, they're saying that the board, five members of the board, met separately, which they are not allowed to do because that would be a quorum so they can't meet outside to discuss public business. And um, the lawsuit doesn't lay out when they may have met, though, so we can't really know what, what kind of proof they've got to, yeah. uh, to back this up. But if they can prove that those five members met and discussed public business, then, yeah, that's a pretty clear violation. Yeah. The other um, is basically alleging that the board overstepped their authority, that they regulated things which they are not allowed to regulate under State Question 788. And both of them argue that um, the actions of the board were arbitrary and capricious. That's a, a legal standard for, um, for basically courts intervening mm -hmm. in in uh, regulatory agencies. It's kind of hard to prove, though. I mean, courts give a fair amount of deference to agencies. So. Yeah. Well, I mean, the board's own general counsel, though, had recommended against this, saying that the, they, she didn't think she that this did, would yes. be, be a wise move for them. So let's go back to that board vote. And we actually, a story in today's Oklahoma on this. Um, the reason why this board is tasked with the rulemaking is because the legislature is out of this process. Uh, Governor Fallon has said she's not going to call a special session, um, even though before the vote she said that she thought one was going to be necessary. Uh, the board, which is normally tasked with trying to implement uh, policies of health and wellness, said, you know what, hey, we're not looking to try to expand smoking rates in Oklahoma. And a lot of these uh, medical organizations that were kind of helping craft the rules who were opponents of this, um, you know, seem to have a hand in uh, kind of stripping away some of the intent of the state question. I mean, I, I mean, how surprised were you guys to see the what came out of the board this week? And so quickly, because we didn't see these two specific rules in the draft. It, it was a last-minute addition. Yeah, I was really surprised to see this. Uh, uh, everyone had a chance to, to look at the rules, uh, the proposed rules, for I think a week or two. Um, and everyone kind of knew what was going to be in it. Everyone expected some rules from the uh, State Department of Health. Uh, but when it finally came down to it, uh, these really significant changes to uh, what people voted on, uh, the prohibition on smokable marijuana, uh, the ban on some kinds of edibles uh, that can be confused as candy, and the requirement that a pharmacist has to be employed at every dispensary um, really, uh, I think, shocked a lot of people um, who, uh, who, who think that Maybe uh, there's some ulterior motives going on. 
and uh, if not that, at least maybe the board overstepped its bounds. Yeah, and Governor Mary Fallon, a day later, approves these rules. Yes. I mean, so put her stamp of approval on them as well. Yeah, regardless of where you stand on this issue, 788 or these rules specifically, the process is not ideal. I mean, you have the vote, obviously, on 788. It's pretty overwhelmingly approved. The normal process starts there. You have uh, some proposed rules. You have public comment. You have more than a thousand public comments. So I know mm -hmm. Megan has gone through each and every one of them. And then you have a meeting. And right before that meeting, two drastic last-minute changes are brought before the board, approved on a 5-4 vote, and then signed the next day or approved the next day by the governor. And that. That is just not an ideal way of governing, uh, frankly. And you know, I mean, that's regardless of where you stand on the rules. They may be very good rules, and you, you know, it just depends where you stand on that issue. But either way, it does not look good, and it opens the door to special interest to come in at the last minute when you do it in that fashion. Yeah, there's not a lot of clarity to who helped draft these rules, as, right. as we reported today. Um, and you know, this is an unelected board, and you know, the legislature had a chance. I mean, there was there was an effort by some this session to to create some of the regulations in preparation for this. The legislature didn't, and they'd argue that we had some other big things going on. But I mean, it didn't get done. As I said earlier, Governor uh, Mary Fallon said. If this passes, there's, going to be, there's so much confusion with this, we're going to have to have a special special session. And now she says that there's not. Yesterday, though, uh, now we're seeing legislative leaders say that we would actually like to be involved in, in crafting these regulations. Yeah, you have leg legislative leadership saying that we're going to uh, formulate a working group, a bipartisan working group of people uh, who are obviously interested in this. And I know that there have been legislators meeting for months about this issue. But uh, a working group that I assume would be a little bit more public um, and uh, would go over what the legislature uh, thinks might be appropriate rules, uh, appropriate regulations on yeah. this new industry. Um, and it's obvious, though, Ben, that the legislature um, is not uh, is not together on this. Mm -hmm. uh, that's why they didn't call a special session. They don't have the votes to really put anything through, or, the, or at least what the, the leadership wants. Uh, and so that's why we have um, this committee, basically, uh, from the legislative leadership who's going to meet for an undefined amount of time uh, to talk about policy. Yeah, I mean, really, it's just a, it's a, it, they're trying to show that they're doing something, mm -hmm. although what kind of meat or what kind of teeth they have is, is kind of unclear. We've talked in the past about how, you know, uh, the politics of, of why you wouldn't want to have a special session, especially going into some contested runoffs and an interesting election year. Um, but how much do you think this was legislative leaders saying, we actually need to respond now? I mean, do you think there are members out there running saying, hey, we need some cover on this yeah. because we're the ones that are supposed to be you know, setting rules and, and right now it looks like we're, we're kind of out of the driver's seat? Mm -hmm. you know, they, since they don't have the ability to pass any legislation right now, they're doing what they can, uh, which is to tell voters, um, especially the people who voted for 788, that you know we're trying to do something. And you're going to see politicians laying the blame on the Board of Health here, mm -hmm. um, because the Board of Health are the ones who pass these laws that a lot of voters, uh, supporters of 788, find ridiculous or uh, unlawful. Uh, and so they're going to take whatever steps they need to, uh, to tell the voters, look, we're on your side. We're going to do what we can. Yeah. It's noteworthy the way that the legislature was shocked by this, and the majority was shocked by this. Legislative leaders were shocked by this. I mean, this just does not happen very often. A process like this, rulemaking process, usually is just so deliberate. 
you're always in communication with legislative leaders, with people on both sides of the issue. I mean, it's just, for this to have happened and for legislative leaders, I mean, I talked to John Eccles, House Majority Floor Leader, and he was just blown away by this. He didn't, he at the time, I called him after the vote, uh, the board vote Tuesday, and he didn't know exactly what had happened. He was on vacation. <laughs> he's suddenly scrambling, he's making phone calls, trying to figure out what happened, because he's been negotiating this for a couple of weeks with the health department, and this never came up. These two amendments, uh, specifically banning smokables and requiring the pharmacist, this was never talked about. This was not even on the table, and it comes in at the last minute, and now legislators have to react. So they are frustrated, not only from a policy standpoint, that some of them even agree with the rules, but they don't like that it came about this way, and they certainly don't want to they don't like that they have to now react to this very quickly. I think it's important to reinforce, there seems to be sort of a disconnect here between the Board of Health and the health department employees because mm -hmm. the employees had drafted a uh, rather long mm -hmm. uh, set of regulations covering, you know, kind of setting up a framework for yeah. medical marijuana in Oklahoma and these two amendments, the banning smokables and requiring a pharmacist were were never part of that. And as you said before, the general counsel for the health department even specifically told the board, I don't think we have the authorization to, to do this. Yeah. But the board um, elected to to add those as, as amendments anyway, which as far as we know, there's no legal problem with that, but it does create quite an optics problem. Yeah, well this is an issue that was overwhelmingly passed, you know, by voters. I mean, 57%, that is a, a you know, that's you know equivalent of a mandate, so to speak, when it comes to state questions. Um, and, you know, even from lawmakers who, who maybe disagreed with her, are saying, listen, the people spoke, we gotta go forward with it. And once again, you have, you've got a, an elected board uh, that is, you know, chipping away at the system before it's even really getting getting started. Um, I say unelected, but once again, Governor Fallon is the one that signed off on it. I'm curious, do you, I mean, were you were you surprised? How did you think she was going to go? And were you surprised when she ultimately approved it? Now she couldn't piecemeal it; she had to either say yay or nay to the whole thing. But I mean, here was an elected official. Granted, she's not facing election this year, as she's term term limited. But right. uh, you know, she had the voice in this, and she said, "Yeah, I'm fine with this." If anything, it surprised me that she would she made the decision so quickly. Yeah. Um, and you know that that could be kind of a nod to the head, or kind of kind of a nod to people who would want to eventually challenge it, because there's so little time to get this done. In just a couple of weeks, uh, they have to start uh, uh, sending out the license forms mm -hmm. and whatnot to people who want them, and then in another month, they're going to have to start accepting them, and then you have a medical marijuana business in Oklahoma. Yeah. Um, so. It, it, part of it's understandable that she did it quickly. I just thought if she, she would maybe take a couple of days, um, gather what she knew, maybe reject them and, and tell the, the board to do it right. Um, but ultimately, if you think about it, um, uh, it kind of makes sense that she did. Um, uh, you know, she, she understands that this business has to get going quickly. The, the voters said, you have to get this started right away. And this was the option that she was presented with by the board. Yeah, Meg, with the with the board of health, I'm once again. I mean, you know, this, this unelected board that normally is tasked with, you know, you know, pushing forward, you know, health and wellness policies. Mm -hmm. But this is, I mean, this is a little bit of a different role for them because they are forced to deal with something that, arguably, they 
don't agree with. I mean, as a as a body, and I mean, they're and they are working, and we can get into this a little bit. I mean, they're working with other organizations mm-hmm. that were against this, so they are being tasked with creating the rules to something that they aren't really maybe on board with or are fans of. And you know, in today's story, one of the board members, you know, had said at the meeting that listen, we have to honor the will of the people. But we also have to protect their health and wellness. Mm-hmm. And um, you know, how much of a of a challenge did it that that end up being for the board of health to kind of juggle what they thought were those two uh, two directives? Yeah, I mean, it's it's a tough position to be in. I don't envy them, but I, most of them haven't come out and said anything publicly about their own positions on the issue. Um, but most of them are members of professional organizations that have come out on the issue, um, hospital associations, state medical association groups like that who were opposed to 788, though they've made it very clear they that they aren't opposed to all medical marijuana, they just felt like 788 went too far. But it still brings you back to the same issue. Yeah, they're implementing things that they probably were not in agreement with, and there is a attention to that of how do you implement something that people have voted on but where you believe they could be that what they voted for could be jeopardizing their health um you know i had a conversation with an addiction medicine doctor recently who was who i thought kind of summed up the um sort of the medical view on this of you don't decide medicine at the ballot at the ballot box you don't let people go and vote on should we get antibiotics for a virus and so that's this is definitely a a mindset shift for a lot of the yeah, doctors how they may be mm-hmm. looking at the at that issue well the reality is the voters did mm-hmm. so Politically speaking, what like what are the ramifications? Obviously, we have an election. I think you know there's a group that's pushing recreational marijuana that I think is probably you know feeling pretty good about some of the turmoil created here. I mean, what what are some of the big political storylines uh, as we move forward? Let me tell you, if, if if people think that medical marijuana is is borked and won't work when it comes to November, they may decide, hey, let's just do recreational. Uh, because it eliminates the problems that um, that people see with medical marijuana, uh, the ban on smokables, mm-hmm. and um, and that's an issue any, that's not on the ballot yet. Yeah. but there's an attempt to right, get there. Yeah, right. Uh, they're, they're collecting signatures. They it looks like they probably will collect enough signatures by the due date, uh, if just barely. Um, but if it manages to get on the ballot, you know they're going to have to get the votes. And if this continues to be an issue, and if people who supported 788 come back to the ballot box um, and say, you know, the way that my government has has thought to regulate 788 in the medical marijuana industry, if they think that, that is um, unfixable or uh, done the wrong way, they may decide, let's just do recreational and avoid the regulation. Yeah. And as we saw, this issue is a big driver of turnout. That's right. I mean, we saw, yeah. you know, massive turnout largely driven because of state question 788 the idea that and once again there's still you know a lot of hoops to go through but the idea that recreational marijuana i definitely think has a better chance now you know whether that those odds went from five percent to twenty percent or you know if you think it's over fifty whatever it is i, I do think it's there's a better the odds are better now the idea that recreational marijuana could be on the no for member ballot has probably got some candidates a little scared some candidates probably rooting for it but i mean when you saw what happened in in june a lot of the you know uh, incumbents that got beat out or got forced into runoffs and, and some surprises 
I think in part we're we're driven by a, a different demographic of voter that probably uh, you know took place because of the state question. Well, th think about it this way: Who showed up in the primary? For the most part, uh, Republican voters, um, because you had mostly Republicans facing primary mm -hmm. challenges. A lot of the Democratic legislators didn't have anyone running against them. Uh, Drew Edmondson easily won, and there wasn't much of a primary campaign in the Democratic Party. But when November comes around, you're going to have all of the uh, all of the hoopla surrounding the midterm elections on a federal level. Uh, you're going to have the Democratic governor nominee versus the Republican governor nominee, and you could have this recreational marijuana on the ballot. And who shows up more in the, in uh, for November is people who. Uh, are politically probably going to side more with uh, with on the pro marijuana side. Yeah, that, that's what I think. Yeah, yeah, I think Democrats would love to have that on the November ballot. It's going to drive turnout. I mean, the, the turnout itself is just a huge political story. The, that turnout on the uh, June twenty sixth was just through the roof, and so yeah, the, you have to consider the ramifications of that going into November if marijuana is on the ballot. Yeah. And yeah, there is some anecdotal evidence of people being so frustrated with the way the board uh, handled things this week that they're, they're ready to sign the petitions. They're ready for that to be on the November ballot. I've, I mean, I think you see some comments like that uh, in a few places. I don't know if it's enough to you know, pass recreational marijuana in a state that just passed medical marijuana. It would still take a lot more than what we've seen and just anecdotal evidence. But there, there is some evidence of that. People are yeah. a frustrated by the way things went this week. Even if it's not on the ballot, I mean, I still think there's a, there's a ripple effect to what's happening right now, unless this can be you know, you know, brought to some conclusion rather quickly, which begs the question. You talk about Democrats are probably wanting recreational to be on the, on the ballot. They probably don't mind the, the, confu not the, the, the controversy going on right now and, and the, 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 the pressure being turned up on Republicans. What's the, I mean... We saw this last this year already with Democrats. You know, right. been asking for a teacher pay raise. One was put on the table. They didn't like the way that it was being funded. They kind of stood in the way. Very powerful minority they are. Uh, how much do they? You know, how, how cooperative do you think Democrats are going to be if if this does get to the legislature? Or is there a political opportunity here? There's obviously a political opportunity here for the <laughs> Democrats. The longer this drags out, um, the more that they can side with a majority of Oklahoma voters, uh, the better off that they'll imagine themselves to be. Uh, and so if, if they get the, the legislative leadership, the House, the pro tem, uh, get this, uh, this working group together and put Democrats on it, the Democrats are going to, I assume, uh, develop their own policies, their own recommended policies and regulations. I don't think that's going to jive closely with what Republicans want. And listen, this may be a reason why we don't have a special session right now because the Democrats would try to control the narrative as mm -hmm. much as they could. Yeah. And there's a, there would be a possibility that if the Speaker and the pro tem introduced legislation, the Democrats would be against it. And the group that came out, or the, the Speaker yesterday, and correct me if I'm wrong, I mean, he didn't, call, he didn't say he wanted a special session, right? No, there was no mention of a special session. So there's a, I mean, there's a, they're kind of playing in the middle a little bit right now, saying, yeah. hey, we agree with everyone who's who's ticked off. We want to see some uh, corrections made. Not ready to call for a special session yet because, you know, once again that opens up another political can of worms. Yeah, and I even asked the uh, the, the speaker's spokesman. Uh, I said, you know, what no mention of a special session. I didn't hear back. Yeah. 
well, uh, you know, there's so many moving parts to this, and who knows if it'll get wrapped up. Are you going to add something, Meg? Or? Oh, I was just going to say, I think that the board, if they decided to go, if they decided for their August meeting to reverse those amendments, they could probably undo a lot of this controversy because you've got a clear split in the pro 788 group right now. You've got some business people who are very concerned about some of the um, some of the other regulations mm-hmm. that they feel are going to limit their ability to be profitable. That's understandable. And you've got patients, some of whom are more worried about, you know, just let's not delay this with mm-hmm. core challenges or anything else. I I need something as soon as possible. Yeah. So if they if they could get rid of this kind of electrifying issue of these last minute amendments, they might be able to take some of the wind out of the sales, so to speak, on the recreational issue. I, I've seen no indication they're going to do that, at, at least at this point, though. Yeah, well, but you make a great point. I mean, at the, at the center of this issue is there are people, there are Oklahomans who are seeing this as a, as a viable uh, medical treatment that, you know, for many are just waiting, saying, hey, when can I, you know, when can I find some relief? When can I find some help? Um, for what I see as a as a viable uh, form of that, so it'll be interesting to watch. I mean, what a great this is a great health story, political story, policy. I mean, whatever your fancy, this uh, this, this story has it. It doesn't seem like it's going away anytime soon. So, well, that's gonna do it for this week's episode of Political State. You can join us or watch us every Friday here at the Oklahoman with Justin Dale and Meg. I'm Ben. Thanks for watching. We'll see you next Friday.